0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? What's going on, and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson. Hope everyone is ready for a great weekend here in the Crescent City. Some important basketball to be played for the New Orleans Pelicans coming off a big 127 94 win over the Portland Trail Blazers last night. Also, thanks to the Minnesota Timberwolves for helping us out with the San Antonio Spurs loss. The magic number is one. Pretty simple win one of your last two games, you're the ninth seed, or Spurs lose one of their last two games. And you're the ninth seed, which means the Pelicans will host that play-in game against the Spurs next Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. I have an expert panel here today on the Pelicans podcast, Jim. I can offer from Pelicans.com and Aaron Summers, Pelicans radio sideline reporter, digital reporter, everything that she can do, she does here for the Pelicans and also the Saints. Good morning, everyone. Have we recovered from last night? Aaron, I want to start with you because you were on an eight, nine-day trip Come home two days ago, then a game. Have you even unpacked? I think that's the that's the big
2: thing. Have you unpacked? I, I have unpacked. I am not quite through all of the laundry that I had to do. And I think what concerned me about the game yesterday was the way that I personally felt. Yeah, yeah I knew how t- tired I was from the entire trip and traveling. And sometimes games like that can be trap games for teams because of the fact that they spent all day Wednesday. On a plane traveling back, and then you have to get back in the gym and, and play a really important game on Thursday. So I think that was so impressive the way that the team came out last night. Um, I again, you can probably hear it. Like I'm yeah. I'm still like catching up on on sleep and the time zone change and everything like that. So to see the way that the team played last night was just you know really reassuring.
1: No load management for Aaron Summers, Jim. I'm telling you right that. I mean, she could power through better than any of us. I mean, I, I I agree. I'm tired and I didn't even go on the trip. So I can't imagine what these players are like. But I, I agree with Aaron, Jim, the way that they came out last night. Looking I think kind of the way they played in Portland against the Blazers, I think they kind of realized we can't mm-hmm. fool around with this team because there's so many guys that are fighting for contracts with not only the Blazers but with twenty nine other teams that this is a team that even though they are losing by a hefty amount each night they're coming out ready to go, and they came out 5 nothing start, and, and you're like, uh-oh, here we go again.
0: That might have been my favorite part of last night's win was the fact that the Pelicans really, I think, won the hustle category across the board. Um, the offensive rebounding differential was 23-3, to three, and I meant to look this up, but I th- it's got to be the biggest margin, offensive rebounding margin in team history. I mean, you never get 23 rebounds or more than 20 offensive rebounds, let alone holding the other mm-hmm. team to that few. So, I mean, plus 20 on the offensive board's – was incredible. A a big part of it too. I mean, to be, let's be honest, Pelicans are going with a big lineup and the trailblazers don't have a lot of really muscle or, or size in the front court. Um, They're just trying to kind of paste and tape things together to get through the rest of the season. So it's not an ideal situation for them, but which played into the Pelicans hands a ton, but nonetheless, um, just the effort that the Pelicans played with was, was pretty elite to me um, really across the board. Um, one quick thing to kind of go a little bit behind the scenes. I feel like we've seen even in just new Orleans with us over the last bunch of years, take a different approach with when you end a road trip on the West coast, you have to decide like, either do you fly out right after the game and get back here at four or 5 AM. So in which case they would have been back here, uh, Thursday or Wednesday morning, and then they would have had a little bit more time to rest or whatever before But the problem with that is it screws up your sleep so much. I mean, you and I both, Daniel had, had gone through that a bunch of times where it's almost like a waste of a day. You feel like i I always felt like I needed, was going to fall asleep whenever the entire day after we would do those overnight trips, um, the, the way that they did it, the way that they do it now and the way that it's been done the last few years is waiting until the next day to fly back. But like Aaron said, it, it kind of erases the whole day because you don't get back here until four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And by the time you get settled in, it's already dinner time, but, um, I don't think there's a right answer. Honestly, I think either way you're, you're facing a situation where you're going to be really tired. And, um, but the fact that they traveled across country and like I said, had 150% effort on the court throughout the entire game. And just right from the, from the start,
1: um, was a big plus and the reason that they came up with a very important win. Yeah, what's going to be interesting next week is kind of how they deal with, look, by the time these two teams or the Pelicans and Spurs play on Wednesday, you'll know the result of Clippers and Timberwolves. But, you know, you kind of have to pack in advance because there's a situation where you win on Wednesday, even if it's at home, do you leave right after the game and go to whether it's Minnesota mm. or Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. You Hadn't, have to go on the West yeah. Coast. Hadn't
0: thought about that. Yeah. If
1: you have to go on the West Coast, you know, that takes time to readjust and go back there. Or Minnesota is a, a long flight. Or do you try to practice and go out there? Like, and then if you win that game, I know we're going ahead of ourselves. You have to get right back and stay on the road because your next opponent, the Phoenix Suns, are waiting for you. And I believe from what I saw on Twitter yesterday, that game would be on Sunday, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, um, with the yeah, one seeds playing definitely. on that on that day, mm-hmm. so um, that's a story for a different day, and we'll probably go over those scenarios um next week. But I did want to kind of talk about the road trip just one more time with you, Aaron, mm-hmm. because look, there's no secret with this team how well they work together, how well they love playing around each other, how well they are bonding on and off the court. But when you're on the road for eight or nine days, sometimes. With teams, you can kind of get a little sick of each other and kind of, mm-hmm. all right, when are you going home? Not only did they win three out of four, but I think Larry talked about yesterday the amount of team dinners that you all went to, um, the amount of activities they were mm-hmm. able to do with four days in, in L.A. Just kind of peel back the curtain just a little bit and just kind of talk about how close this team is and, and how legitimate it is to see them all enjoy being around one another.
2: I think the, the thing that stands out the most to me is the players that – you didn't really see a lot of personality from that you're starting to see personality from um there is so many moments on this trip where you know we've talked about Brandon Ingram just absolutely just giddy like dying laughing over things smiling you know he actually dm'd the pelicans um instagram account at one point and commented on a picture of him smiling saying man i've been smiling a lot lately it's something that he recognizes um that he's having a lot of fun and i talked to him in LA about that. And he said that it's just being, it's the fact that he's playing around a group of guys that are all around the same age as him that really get along on and off the court. They enjoy the same things. They're spending a lot of time together and they're not getting tired of each other. You go on a nine day trip and you like, they had two, you know, planned dinners by the team, but then players also put together stuff for them to do together Um, Because they wanted more time to spend together. And you talk about being in a city like L.A. for four days and you have a team dinner and every single player on the team shows up and sits together and all the support staff is there. Nobody's trying to go out or going to go see somebody else or, or whatever it is. I mean, there's obviously a lot that L.A. has to offer and every single player chose to be there together and enjoy that time together. And that just really explains like how much this team is getting along and you're seeing it on the court. Um, I think CJ McCollum has been a great addition to the locker room, to bringing them together and to getting them to understand what it takes, what you have to bring every single day. And that is why we're seeing this team show up and start games this way, finish games this way, because, they understand the mindset now. There's a young team to start the season, and there's just little things that you really have to learn and understand the effort that it takes from start to finish. What you have to bring up practice, what you have to do, and the relationships that you should develop with your teammates to be the best that you can be.
1: And, and Jim, that brings me to a point that maybe you will agree with. I don't know, but this kind of reminds me a little bit of 2018 from the standpoint of this team started clicking at the right time. It took them five straight wins to get to that six seed and then go on to defeat the blazers in, in four games. But that team started to come together naturally outside of the game of basketball. And then they were really starting to click down the stretch. This is a team that's won five of their last six games. Aaron talked about all the things they love to do on the court and how off the court and how much that's translating to on the court. And look, I think I'm a big believer in momentum heading into a postseason or, mm-hmm. you know, we look at it in other places where sometimes the wild card team in the NFL makes a run because they're forced to play more games and more is on the line than a team that kind of yeah. has that rest. You look at MLB too, the wildcard teams have had some success when they have to do play in games and then go on. I think this could be scary situation for the Pelicans or for other teams, not the Pelicans mm-hmm. for the way this team is playing right now. And also I'm curious to see how they end the season here in these back-to-back games, especially if. They're able to clinch that ninth seed even as early as tomorrow of how they approach these last two games. But the confidence level is through the roof with this team right now.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I got to admit, I lost focus for a second because there were so many references to team dinners that I like lost what we were talking about. But <laughs> in terms of um, the, the way that they've played lately and the situation that they've been in, I definitely see some similarities between this and 2018. I think one difference that we hope to see going forward is this, this team hasn't had that really long winning streak that the one in 2018 did that kind of gets people's attention, not only locally, but nationally. Um, they've had a bunch of stretches where they've won, you know, three of four, five of six, that kind of thing. Um, but maybe that, that one winning streak that I think the team in 2018 had a couple where they won like 10 in a row. And then at the very end of the regular season, then going into the playoffs, they won nine in a row maybe. Um, but, I agree with a lot of what you said in terms of, I feel like they've played pressure games now since going back a few weeks to even the beginning of uh, March, middle part of March, that the game at San Antonio where they won by 30 something points to me was maybe the first instance where you went into a game saying, this is really important. And if you lose this game, you're going to be putting yourself into a a difficult situation standings wise. But if you win, it's a huge step forward. Um, The game recently, both games against the Lakers to me were kind of playoff intensity games and the stakes were very similar to what we see in the postseason. And new Orleans was able to come through obviously with a huge comeback and then the game in LA, they made more big plays in the last three or four minutes of the game game than the Lakers did and came up with a three point win. So um, I, I think I mentioned this briefly on the post game radio show last night. I think if you looked at the eight or 10 top teams in the West, pelicans are are up there in terms of where they the way they've played lately there's a couple teams in the field that are struggling right now that have a, l- a lot of question marks um New Orleans is playing is is right up there obviously there's a few elite teams I think Phoenix has separated themselves from everybody and Memphis is just incredible the way that they played all season but then also lately without Ja Morant but after that I feel like there's a lot of teams that have played um have, have a similar kind of record recently and the Pelicans have just been impressive the way that they've come through at the best part of this. The most important part of the season is probably maybe the
1: way that the best they've played this year. Aaron, are we at a point that this team feels like no matter who is who they're playing their opponent that they can beat anyone when you're looking at the play in you have San Antonio, you lost three or four to them in the regular season, but you, you showed in that game that Jim just mentioned that you're capable of beating them. You won three out of four against the LA Clippers who are playing really well right now. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves, I know we have to take one game at a time, but these are the instances you've beaten Phoenix before and again that's going to be a tall task but the way this team is playing and what you've seen from them they've had blowout wins, they've had close wins, they've had blowout losses, they've had close losses. They've kind of been through everything. Does this team feel like just based on your kind of seeing them mm-hmm. that they feel confident whoever is in front of them, they're will they are are fully capable and, and confident that they can they can beat any team in the league right now?
2: The way that this team plays when everybody's locked in absolutely they can beat everybody and they know that it's about making sure that they come in ready to, you know, attack the game plan and really take that to heart for the entire game. You know, you can't take any time off when it comes to some of these teams, especially in the playoffs and they can look back on some games where that was the case where, you know, we saw the game against the Clippers on Sunday where it just, they didn't have it for whatever reason across the board everybody kind of looked a little lackadais- lackadaisical uh-huh. and you can see from game to game, like it's just the mentality that they approach it with. And when they come at it the right way, yeah. The, I mean, honestly they're playing so well when everybody is on the same page that they know what it takes and they've, they've talked about it with each other. They've talked about it before games, after games and, um, Like I said, CJ has been stepping up a lot, you know, using his voice in the right moments. Um, He said it's taken him a little bit of time. He didn't want to step in and be a vocal leader from the start. He wanted to make sure that he was, you know, getting a feel for the team. They respected him. He was showing them what he was going to bring and how he's going to go about his business and the work ethic that he, he brings. And now he feels like he's more comfortable talking to them to the players and telling them what he feels like they might need to do but then he also listens to them as well and I think that that's really cool is that he's instilled in everybody else you know the the fact that they feel like they can have a voice as well and when you respect everybody on the team then you're going to want to play for each other and I think that's where we're at right now is they want to bring that for each other and have the confidence in each other that they they can
0: win. I mean one of the things that one of the stats that I think is impressive, they're 7-4 and four on the road since the All-Star break. And if you think about it, of those four losses, they really had two kind of clunker games. Against One of them was against Memphis, and the other one Aaron just mentioned mm-hmm. was the Clippers. But the other two losses of those four was overtime against Denver and a very close game at Charlotte that could have easily been a win. There were a couple kind of miscommunications on defense that happened in the last two minutes or so of that game. where second night of a back-to-back Right, Mm -hmm. yep, and they were coming off a really good win in Atlanta the night before. So I think, to me, if you want to point to evidence that they can compete with anyone and in any situation, if you look at the road record, um, I'm sure they want to be a little bit better at home over the last stretch since the All-Star break. But, I mean, they've shown over and over again that they can beat good teams on the road, and, I mean, that's what's going to be... I mean, obviously, after Wednesday, I mean, we, we don't know 100%, but we're hoping Wednesday's a home game. But after that, you're going to have to go on the road and play in some pressure situations and some hostile environments and crowds. But, I mean, to me, they've shown that they can do this over and over again lately.
1: Does it help that these last two games, and I'll open up the to both of you, Aaron, you can go first, does it help that these two games, you still have technically something to play for? The fact that maybe someday that's not the case if you can take care of business, but the fact that you are not maybe... I mean, it might be good to rest some players in this weekend if you're able to take care of business, but when you're playing tomorrow, you're not going to know what San Antonio is doing. So the fact that you do still have something to play for, do you think that kind of is an advantage for this Pelicans team that they still have to kind of keep themselves locked in before the play-in starts on Wednesday?
2: I think all the players know where this team stands and what they need to accomplish, what's on the line. But that being said they're not worried about what other teams are doing right now. The complete focus is on their approach themselves, taking care of business. And, you know, you hear it from everybody that it's pretty simple. Like we win, we do our part and and we're good. We don't have to worry about what anybody else does. So when you have that kind of control over the situation, um, it's a good feeling that, you know, you just got to focus on what you're doing in your locker room on the court and yeah, I mean they're they're excited about this opportunity. Who would have thought that, that this is where they would be at this point in the season? And, you know, we've talked to a lot of different players like uh Billy Hernán Gomez, like he's won international, you know, championships, but he has never played in the playoffs. So people like that, like, are really hungry for this yeah. opportunity. Brandon Ingram. Jackson too. Hayes, yep. Brandon Ingram. Um, they've been here for three years together and have never had that opportunity. So these players are really excited about that and they're they're not gonna you know, just kind of let it, let it go, you know?
1: Yeah. Embracing it
2: basically.
0: I think it could be the ideal situation in terms of specifically this weekend might be obviously, like you said, you don't know how the Spurs are going to do. You don't know the Spurs Saturday outcome until after you play, because you play at five o'clock, they play at seven 30. The best case scenario to me might be that one way or the other, I mean, best case is you beat the Grizzlies and then it's over either, either way that, Saturday resolves it. You get the nine seed, and then you can have some flexibility Sunday in terms of Resting do you people. need to rest guys. Um,
1: but Trying I think things out too, right? Exactly,
0: and I think the 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 crowd Sunday is going to be great. You're playing against Golden State. I know it's a little bit of a late game for those of us who aren't night owls, but um, me, I, yeah, like <laughs> Daniel. But um, no, I think I think they're going to go into the, even if they have the nine seed wrapped up after Saturday's games, to me, they're still going to play with a lot of motivation and intensity Sunday night. And the atmosphere is going to be such that will help that and boost them into the mode of, we need to try to win this game and do everything we can to win it. So even if there isn't the motivation of, of, okay, we have to win this game to make sure that we play at home on Wednesday, to me, I will expect them to bring a lot of intensity. I mean, they're going to, I think they're giving away shirts. So you're going to (laughs) see that kind of the cool pre-playoffs. You're going to see that cool atmosphere of everybody in the same colors in the stands. So I think that's kind of how I look at it is just, uh, get through Saturday and one way or the other, get the ninth seat. And then you can, you can, uh, take the pressure off a little bit, and then get just get ready for Wednesday.
2: You can just play like you did against Portland and rest everybody in the fourth quarter, Yeah, right? Yeah, like That's how you can get it done, too. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a very sure. simple solution. I mean, solution. it was so fun. They were having so much fun last night yeah. watching some of the other guys. I mean, Jared Harper was just sharp shooting out Eight there. Eight points, five minutes. <laughs>
1: Efficient. It's crazy how well, you know, the bench, Jim, we wanted to touch on that. I mean, not only in last night's game, but you just feel a lot more confident with the depth of this team. We talked about the beginning of the year when you didn't have BI and you, Willie was still trying to figure out rotations, understandably. So this is a new head coach and half of your team was different from last year too, but you're kind of feeling now that you kind of know what his rotations are going to look like. Plus now that you have Larry Nansen to the fold and is ready to play that changes your whole game also from a front court standpoint, but the way Jose's been playing defensively and his ability to shoot the ball. Now Trey Murphy Mm -hmm. is feeling so much more confident and is Mm -hmm. shooting a lot better from downtown. I mean, I think that's the beauty of what Willie green has now is he can kind of pick and choose based on matchups where he goes with that, uh, with that bench unit. You
2: kind of feel like you have a really solid second unit now.
1: Definitely. Yeah. You know, before I forget, I wanted to mention you,
0: Aaron, you probably had a better You had a way better vantage point than I did. I don't know if you noticed this, but I thought it was really funny, with about a minute 15 or so left, somebody missed a shot, and Gary Clark oh my had almost had a put-back dunk. And I get the sense, I don't want to say something, I don't want to assume too much, but I get the sense from the other players that they don't view him as like an Athletic? explosive athlete. Yeah. Athlete, yeah. athlete, exactly. <laughs> so I was laughing because I looked down at the bench right after he missed it, and they were going crazy because they were so – they were like, man, what a – you could tell that they were just like, that would have been amazing if he had been able to put that in.
2: They were so ready to just go wild if he, <laughs> he got that because it's so unexpected from him. Right. It was so close, too. Yep. But yep. they were laughing pretty hard, and, and they were up and ready to like, the moment that it, it was going to work, and then it didn't.
0: There might have been a few technical fouls as like four guys ran on the court oh, yeah. to, to hug <laughs> Gary Clark. If but anyways, going back to what your question was, Daniel, um, to me, the way I look at the bench right now, um, you mentioned kind of the, the chemistry and the cohesiveness. To me, um, Jose, Najee, and Billy, and some kind of combination of depending on who's been out as far as um, Ingram or Jonas have missed games lately, but um, Jose and Najee and Billy say, those three guys have been contributing consistently for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the the two guys that have really added to the depth is obviously Larry Nance has been back for seven or eight games. Um, after coming back from the injury and then Trey that you mentioned has been awesome lately. And I think a lot of the stuff that we saw from him last off season that we expected was going to translate into the season, just took some time for him to get to that point where he was more comfortable and his confidence is at a high level right now. So I feel like he's doing a lot of the stuff that I projected and hoped and thought that he was going to do when we saw him just excel in summer league and then preseason. So you add Larry and Trey to the other f- guys that have been there all season, and now you have what's what looks like a really good second unit. Um, I mentioned last night that they look like they've played together for a long time already, even though I mean Larry's only been in the rotation for a few weeks, maybe three or four weeks, um, and yet you see so much unselfishness in terms of passing, which Jose sets the tone for. And they're so scrappy on defense; they're active as heck. And getting, they had so many steals last night, and um, they just seemed like they overwhelmed Portland. Portland was not ready for that kind of defensive effort that they gave.
2: I will say about Larry is he got here as soon as he could. You know, he got his knee scoped, and then he was here at practices, talking to everybody throughout practice. You know, asking Mm -hmm. questions mimicking following guys around you know he was really trying to integrate himself into this team so he would be ready when he got the moment to come back and play so you know he's somebody that he just fit in really well but he's also made the effort to do so and it's been cool to watch
0: I love his interviews too by the way I feel like (laughs) if he if he did an interview every single day we would all be happy so he's been great I mean both on and off the court to me he's been a been an awesome plus and somebody that when the trade happened nationally nobody was really saying too much about larry because the focus obviously was on cj who's a great player but man that his addition makes that trade look even better
1: yeah everyone talks about the cj mccullum deal but people forget that larry nance is definitely a contributor to this ball club and even tony snell his first couple games had some big threes and mm-hmm. had some last night i know he's kind of been buried in the rotation but still you just never know who's gonna have to step up especially when it comes to the playoffs going to be all hands on deck. if The Pelicans want to get in, um, as the eighth seed. So here we go. Y'all ready for this weekend. Y'all ready for the next week? Yes. I'm ready. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to Sunday
0: night. And then like we said, hopefully Wednesday returning to the atmosphere that we saw a few years ago where people are just fired up and the whole city is excited. I mean, I, 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 so pleased that people have gotten the fans that have, have been in this for years and have followed this and gone through some of the stuff that we've gone through the last few years that we don't need to get into right now. Cause I don't want to go on a rant or yeah. get, get upset and angry, but no, I'm, I'm happy that all those people um, are getting the payoff from the way the team's played right now and on and off the
1: court. I mean, you gotta, I think everyone is just really happy with the way things are going just some housekeeping tickets are are flying off i almost, I said it last night too flying off the shelves there's no tickets on shelves but you know <laughs> what i mean they're going they're going really fast for this playing game on wednesday if the pelicans are able to host so pelicans.com 504525 hoop make sure you get your tickets
0: i saw a guy with a hard ticket last night walking into the Did game he? and i
1: was like i didn't even
0: think that was was still legal but i was i wanted to think it's his legal hand. i didn't think you you see a lot of them <laughs> yeah you got some,
1: yeah Street legal maybe tickets going through the Smoothie King Center and an underground thing. I don't know. I'll take it with ticket ops on that. But yeah, I mean, they're going like crazy. 504-525-hoop or pelicans.com. Make sure you come out on Sunday. Manny Fresh, Juvenile, Halftime on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Jim's favorite. Jim's favorite. <laughs> Jim's going to be participating in the halftime with them as well. He's going to be one of the yes. one of the guys out they're there. They're definitely
0: going to hand me the mic and I'm going to definitely make a cameo for at least, you know, a couple couple verses
1: no doubt if not at least a backup dancer you know <laughs> with the hype team i think that would work well for you too. even better we're definitely getting off the track so we should get out of here appreciate everyone five o'clock tomorrow pelicans and grizzlies you can watch it on Bally sports new orleans or listen on espn new orleans sunday 8 30 back in the smoothie king center hope to see everyone there Pre-game for both valley and espn new orleans will start at eight and then wednesday is set as far as date and time 8 30 playing pelican spurs Hopefully by the end of the weekend, we're talking about hosting that play-in on Wednesday and the schedule will be set for next week as the playoffs are upon us. Big thanks to Aaron Summers for hopping on the podcast with us. And Jim, as always, have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy some Pelicans basketball. And we'll talk to you on Monday on the Pelicans podcast presented by C.